is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. July is considered Smart Irrigation Month. To celebrate Best of State Award winner, Smart Rain is giving away free smart controllers to commercial properties until the end of July. Uh, Hosting costs not included. Visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333. For more information, joining us now, he covers the Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune. Andy Larson with us here on The Big Show. What's up, Andy? Not much, Jake. How are you? I'm good. Uh, This is a weird place to start, okay? But Gordon's out of town, so that's my excuse (laughs) for doing this, all right? So we know that Austin has a really good Gordon impression. I'm working on mine. You know, we're co-workers here at the radio. Uh, We know Aaron Falk has a really good uh, uh, Gordon impression. We know Eric Walden has a Gordon impression. And so as a coworker of Gordon Monson, I'm curious, do you also have a Gordon impression? You know, I, I don't, not as good as those guys, certainly. I mean, I would, I would definitely have the worst one there. And, and that's because, you know, I joined the trip only three years ago. And Gordon, I know mostly from the radio and listening to your guys' show rather yeah. than like actually seeing him in the office because, you know, he's never there. No, but, he is never there. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's your homework you know, assignment. That's your homework what? assignment, Andy. You you work on that Gordon impression. We'll we'll break it in. Uh, I, I will work on that. And, you know, especially when he's out of the office, then I can then I can jump in more often, right? <laughs> that's right. Hey, uh, what what time did you get to work this morning on the favorite story? What a what a crazy uh, sleepless night for those covering the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, so I left the Zions Bank Basketball Center at about three last night, um, having written the Jared Butler draft story, and then I wanted to do a kind of a breakdown as well. Um, so I, you know, had to clip video and all that. So was there for quite some time, and then you know ended up going to sleep. I don't know, four, four thirty or whatever, because you know there's still actually adrenaline even at that time. Oh, yeah. And then, so uh, I set my alarm to wake up at eight, and figured, you know, hey, you know, if if Woj breaks the news of the favors trade at seven, so be it. If we get an article up at eight, it'll be all right. And luckily, you know, Eric and Aaron had my back a little bit on that. But like, yeah, that was. It, it has not had. There has not been a ton of sleep for this interview, which uh, you know may or may not make it good. <laughs> oh, but you're always good. We always appreciate you jumping on, and I know you're busy, so we appreciate it even more. And. Um, let, let's start with the favors thing. Uh, we'll get into the draft with you as well, but I know you've done a nice uh, a nice breakdown. You're, you're kind of a math dude, but let's talk about the salary uh, ramifications of, of this move. How much exactly are the Jazz saving by moving off Derek Favors' contract? Yeah, so here's the deal. The Jazz are, are going to be in the luxury tax no matter what next season. You know, if, regardless of whether or not they bring back Mike Conley, regardless of, you know, whether or not they use this mid-level that they just because they're paying Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert these new extensions that they signed last year, the Jazz have a lot of salary commitments between them and Bojan Bogdanovic and Joe Ingles and and Royce O'Neal and Jordan Clarkson and and you know before today Derek Favors. So 
the idea is before the Jazz did this trade, uh, they would have been, if you bring back Mike Conley and use the mid-level exception, they would have been about 30 to $35 million over the luxury tax line, which means that Ryan Smith would have been writing a check for about $90 million to the NBA next year just in luxury tax payments alone. So that's not what he pays to those players. That's just what he pays to the NBA in luxury tax payments. If you subtract that, if you reduce that by about $10 million, which is Derek Favors' salary, that ends up saving you actually about $40 million off of that luxury tax bill. Now, look, I get it. You know, as, as a Jazz fan, you know, my number one concern is not going to be uh, Ryan Smith's bank account. I, I feel pretty confident in Ryan Smith's bank account. And, I, you know, so I, I understand why fans are upset about losing a player that they, that they love and care about and, you know, has, has been – the kind of longest tenured jazz man for a long time, even though he spent a year away from the team. But that being said, you know, you do kind of understand from like a, just a practical point of view that Ryan Smith and, and Justin Zanuck look at this team and say, Hey, look, Derek favors is not worth $40 million. And, you know, we, we can use that money to invest in the club in better ways or, uh, you know, maybe in the future and, and, you know, kind of just in general, be a little bit smart about how how they use money. Now, that being said, you know, it cost them a first-round pick in 2024 in order to do that, and that's, that's a bummer. You know, that is real draft capital loss, but, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the price of doing business. You know, we've seen the Jazz do these kind of moves before. We've seen all sorts of NBA teams do these kind of moves. Even teams like the Lakers and Warriors have done salary dumps in, in recent years. So, you know, it's, it is kind of part of the deal when you're working with kind of the soft cap system that the NBA has, and um, you know, I, I don't think anyone around the NBA was surprised by this move at all. I've been trying to f- figure out the best way to sum it up, Andy. Like, willingness to pay luxury tax does not mean you should be foolish. I mean, it, you know, it, I think it's a good thing that Ryan Smith is, is willing to do it because uh, a lot of times it, that's what it takes in the NBA is to pay the luxury tax. But it doesn't mean you should just flush money down the toilet. Right. And, and look, you know, I, I get Ryan being, you know, it, it's so... You know, if they keep everyone next year and bring Derek Favors back and, and don't do this trade today, the Jazz's payroll next year is about $250 million. I mean, it's huge, right? And, and you know, keep in mind that the salary cap is like $110 million. So you're, you're basically more than doubling the salary cap once you take in, into account the luxury tax payments. And I, I understand, Ryan, you know, again, even with the being a billionaire and, and understand and, and you know, having all the money that he does and just buying the team and, and having a contending team that is really going for a championship, kind of pull him back there and say, you know, I'm actually only going to spend $200 million on next year's team. You know, I, 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 I think that makes some sense for kind of like the financial viability of the franchise moving forward. Now, and, and you know, I think Justin Vanek pointed it out last night too, and, you know, obviously he wants to spend it in the best way possible, but he is – this is way more money than jazz ownership has ever spent on the, the salaries of the team before, you know, I, and you know, I, I understand that it's a new ownership group and all that, but a $200 million is a whole new level of financial commitment that the jazz haven't even gotten close to before. So, you know, I, it, Justin called it, he was straight up last night and just said, Hey, this is awesome. What Ryan's doing. Um, and, you know, I, I get it. It sounds like Spain, no one likes to see their, their favorite player gone, but, um, it, it is, you know, in order to stay even semi-reasonable from a salary point of view, it was one of those moves that had to be done. And, you know, this was the player that probably affects the Jazz on the court the least out of the, the big money options that they could have moved. 
All right. So uh, w- with that in mind, um, Rudy Gobert did an interview with our guy, uh, Chris Mannix, and, and told Mannix that he had um, advocated to bring Derek Favors back last year because whenever he left the game the year before, things would come, un- come unraveled for the Jazz, which was indeed true. So where do the Jazz go at backup big from here, do you think? Yeah, you know, the obvious one on the roster is last year's first-round pick, Doka Azubuke. And, and I, I, you know, I think um, ultimately it's going to be really interesting in the summer league over the next couple of weeks to see where he is at. You know, he's recovering from this big injury, this bad, you know, sprained ankle that, that cost him several months. Um, you know, I, I don't think he was that impressive in his regular season or G League games when he did play. I guess it was only one G League game that he played in. Um, and, you know, so was he able to develop as a player in, you know, despite coming off the injury over the last nine to 12 months, I think is, is a real question that we're, we're going to find out over the next couple of weeks. To me, I think you look at what is a really deep free agent backup center market. I mean, I, I posted this list on my Twitter account earlier today, but just some of the names that are available for backup center, I think could do a decent job, could kind of make you feel that same kind of level of, of, you know, you're, you're not going to have a huge drop-off when Rudy Gobert is out of the game. So, you know, guys like Boban Marjanovic or Robin Lopez or, you know, Zach Collins is a free agent this year. Or, I, I mean, there are just a, a ton of these different names. Um, Kelly Olynyk's a free agent. I mean, you can go kind of in a bunch of different ways. I don't think – Ennis Cantor is a free agent. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but Tony Bradley is a free agent. I don't think that's going to happen. But there really are – you know, Alex Len is a free agent. Maybe that's a guy who could who could fill some minutes. You know, I I think it's you look at just kind of there are really fifteen to twenty odd backup centers on the free agent market this year, and you think okay, some of these guys are going to be available at the Jazz's salary slot, which is really probably the minimum or slightly more. And so, you know, I, I think it, it kind of behooves the Jazz at this point to be patient, get a good backup center, and then kind of allow him and Doke to compete for those backup center minutes. And then, you know, if it if it turns out to be like it was two years ago and your bench is a disaster and you need to go out and get someone, then you've got the trade deadline in order to do that. But ideally, you know, you, you come into uh, the training camp with multiple different options and you kind of let them see, uh, find out what's the best fit for Quinn Snyder's system and, and who ends up, again, kind of hurting the team least when Rudy Gobert is out of the game. Well, I think Boban is obviously the answer. Uh, I think we can just. Close <laughs> Everyone them loves up there. Boban, and, and and you know I would love Boban on the Jazz. Uh, defensively, he is not Rudy Gobert or Tarek Favors, you know. So yeah. that's or maybe that. Yeah, I, I, if Boban is the answer, I think Jazz fans and me personally would be we'd be thrilled. All right, Andy, how do, uh, how did you think the Jazz did last night? I loved it, and you know I I you know me Jake, I haven't been afraid to be critical of jazz drafts in the past you know i thought last year was disappointing i wasn't a big fan of the grayson allen pick but i think getting jared butler at at number 40 is is just a huge win and let alone getting a couple of second round picks and and dropping down to to get that slot as well you know i think um to me butler is one of those guys that i circled as probably someone who was going to be taken well before the jazz drafted him you know in the uh 15 to 20 range and and that's kind of what smart people think about what Jared Butler can bring. I mean, first of all, just a terrific shooter. One of the best shooters, I think, in this draft class, maybe, you know, in in the top three. You know, I I think he shot 41% or, sorry, 51% from catch-and-shoot threes. He shot 48% from 25 feet or further. This guy has real NBA range, can shoot on the move. 
um, is, is, you know, going to be able to shoot in the NBA, there's kind of really no question about it. And, and so right there you have the basis for a good bench player kind of right away. And, and then so then it's about, okay, can his athleticism, can his point guard skills, uh, which he showed at, at obviously at Baylor and being the tournament's most outstanding player, can those translate to the NBA as well? Or, you know, is it going to take a, while, a little bit of time for – uh, him to adjust to the speed of the game and the athleticism and so on and so forth. But um, you know, I think it's a it's a he's a pick who has a, a range between something like a, a, a just a bench shooter, which I think is you know kind of a Marco Bellinelli, Emmanuel quickly kind of type. Um, even you know even kind of what Trey Burke is right now is kind of the low scenario. Or you know he really does have the chance to be kind of this kind of Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, Kyle Lowry light type where he's shooting the ball really well. It turns out that he advances his uh, point guard talent. He's, he competes on the defensive end in a way that someone like a Trey Burke never did. Um, he's got poise. I mean, he, he really is, I think, a, a really good addition to this lineup. And then, you know, you add in kind of the character factors where uh, everyone raves about his character. He's a Sunday school teacher. He, uh, you know, led a, a march last year for racial injustice. You know, he's one of those high character guys that I think really adds to this locker room. So, and, you know, figures to have a good work ethic and getting better like he did every year of his college career. So I'm, I'm really, really encouraged by this pick. You know, I think it's the Jazz got, you know, number 20, number 15 type of value at number 40. And, you know, it, it, it's, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to work out, but that range of outcomes where I'm almost certain he's going to be an NBA player on the bottom end and he could be like a, a fourth or fifth starter type at the top end is, is really, really promising for that slot. Andy Larson is with us. Um, what do you make of the health concerns that uh, were reported about uh, last night? And is that the reason he slid? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think that it is fair to concern about and, and clearly several teams did. I mean, look, he, he has a heart issue that was diagnosed when he was uh, actually going to go to Alabama before he, he ended up choosing Baylor. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's something that apparently cropped up as well in the, in the workout process. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that's why the NBA forwarded him to the fitness to play panel, which is this new thing that the NBA established after Chris Bosch's heart issues back in 2017. And, you know, basically they had some of the best, cardio doctors in the world look at his charts and everything else and, and try to determine whether or not he was going to be healthy to play in an NBA game because obviously the NBA doesn't want players to be put themselves in dangerous situations just by playing basketball. And that fitness to play panel, those doctors who looked at his, his specifics said he was good to play, that he got a clean bill of health. And so, you know, I think I understand if I were a team drafting why that would scare me off a little bit. And yet you know, I, I think it's kind of encouraging from a, a jazz point of view because it is kind of a all or nothing kind of thing, right? It's it's kind of Jared Butler is going to be able to play in the NBA or he's not. And the most recent doctors who looked at it said that he is going to be able to play. So it's not like an eight it's not like a thing that's going to be a a bother to him when he plays, you know, it's it's not a Achilles, it's not an ACL, it's not something like that. It's he's gonna be full blow from the beginning. It is just something that could creep up some sometime at, at, in his career. And, you know, I think ultimately, given that you're drafting number 40, where you're just taking guys who, you know, it could fail just because they aren't good enough at basketball, that's not a concern with Jared Butler. We know that he's good enough at basketball. It's just kind of whether or not the health works out. But 
given all the available evidence over the last four years, and again, the doctors who looked at it, I think he's a good bet to, to be able to really add to the Jazz during the course of his rookie contract and maybe beyond. All right, Andy, last thing before I let you go. Am I taking crazy uh, crazy pills again, or uh, would Buddy Heald be way better on the Lakers than Russell Westbrook? No, I'm, I'm totally with you, and it, it's classic one of those things where, like, actually it's not Rob Polinka that runs the Lakers. It's probably LeBron James, and uh, LeBron would rather play with Russell Westbrook than Buddy Heald. And, look, you know, I think Russ had a very good second half of the season, uh, is one of those guys that can put a, a stamp on a game in, in a way that, like, five or ten NBA guys can. Um, but if you look at kind of what that Lakers team could ideally use around LeBron James and Anthony Davis, it's a guy who can shoot, and Buddy Hield can shoot, and Russell Westbrook can't. And so what that means is that guy who's defending Russell Westbrook can sink in on every LeBron James and every Anthony Davis pick-and-roll and so these kind of things, you know, Anthony Davis can't roll to the rim as effectively or he can't pop as effectively because this guy is going to be shifting off. Uh, Russell Westbrook's guy is going to be shifting off and helping. And, you know, LeBron James is going to see more bodies as he drives to the rim. And it just becomes really kind of complicated for them on the offensive end. And then, you know, we I think we know that Russ isn't the best defender either. So to me, I thought the Lakers got a little bit worse yesterday. And, you know, we'll see what happens with the rest of their offseason. But, Guys like Kuz and KCP were really useful role players for them. And so, um, you know, again, there's clearly a plan here. They only have like five players under contract right now. It, it does have to – they do have a lot more work left to do. And, you know, obviously we'll see what they do. But, like, uh, to me, that it's not a deal I would have done for sure. All right, Austin, how would it sound if uh, Gordon were thanking Andy for coming on with us today? You know, Andy, I, I just want to tell you, not only not only with your, your coverage of the, the NBA and the Utah Jazz, but all the things you're doing with uh, the COVID coverage and all that. And, and you're, just, you're, a, you're a hero among men, and you work for a great paper, and uh, despite what others say about you, the coffee machine, I like you. I, think, I, I feel like Gordon would also remind him of his times at the L.A. Times, just just you know to mention that. Well, later. I don't like to be predictable, Jake. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, you know as well as Jake does, Andy. That was, I was I covered everything at the L.A. Times. I remember I was covering sports, and then <laughs> and then I was covering making hot dogs that one time. Yeah, and so I, I've time. been there, Andy. <laughs> I've, I whatever you've done, I've done it better. <laughs> Andy, uh, really appreciate you coming on, man. Keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Our friend Andy Larson uh, covers the Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune, and as Austin, as Gordon mentioned there, he's been a big part of their coronavirus coverage as well. In fact, I uh, I should have mentioned this while he was on. He's got a new one uh, up today on the coronavirus, so you can check that out at sltrib.com. Andy, kind of a math guy, so the Trib wisely uh, had him put those skills to work with uh, the the biggest story to hit the country in quite some time. Well, we, uh, you know what? I should have also, we talked about Luther Wright earlier. Back in the day when Andy and I were hosting a Saturday show together, we had Luther Wright on the air. Did you really? It was, uh, you know, who Spencer Ryan Hall is. Yeah, I remember. It was his show, Salt City Hoops. Yeah. Uh, he set up the interview as me, he, and Andy. He, Andy, and myself, I should say. And we got to talk with Luther Wright that day. That's and, pretty cool. And he talked about how great Larry and Gail Miller were to him and all. But it's just kind of full circle there. It just hit me that. Yeah, how about that? There's our guy, Andy Larson. You know, hosting the guy. show with uh, Austin. He's not really your guy, Jake. He's my guy, really. I hope he, he works on He yells everything he has to me, so. Everybody at that, uh, the, every, I feel like all Gordon's coworkers should have some sort of impression. 
it's I just told Andy as I said goodbye to him it is kind of almost too easy to to do Gordon but that's a compliment isn't it yeah right we'll go with that the most sincere for, uh, form of flattery is impersonation right it is I I, I sometimes I worry myself though because that's exactly what Gordon would have said to you is he doesn't like to be predictable he he would that's have said a Gordon that. word that is a Gordon thing. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. Don't forget, Justin Zanuck is going to be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. You don't want to miss it. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Time now to talk college sports with Ron Barker, former head of compliance for Pac-12, was there for a couple decades. No, I think the big thing with the Oregon case at the time with Willie Lyles was everybody was doing that, what Oregon was doing. Oregon got caught. I used to laugh and say at the Pac-12, some of our schools are doing what everybody's doing, we're just not as good at it. Oregon got caught doing something that probably 70% of the schools were doing at the time. It was just another case of, okay, you need to get better at how you do this, which I shouldn't say that. It's like speeding on the freeway. Hardly anybody's going six and if a policeman pulls you over and you're going 75, you can't say, well, look, everybody's doing it. You're the one who got caught. So that's what happens a lot in college sports is somebody gets caught for doing something that everybody's doing. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to Andy Larson for jumping on with us in the last segment. Uh, check out Andy's work, of course, sltrib.com. I'll tell you, Austin, there, there are some things that you need to do, some some things that you you were born to do, and this is one of them. That's my calling, what we were talking that about? That's yeah. what we were talking about. Because I don't you think... need to, to go for the greater good. But see, here's my, my, my goal every day now that I'm uh, about to be a father twice um, is to not make the local news that evening. And I know myself well enough to stay away from that, what we were talking about, so I don't make the yeah, local news. Yeah, but I feel like if what's going to happen actually happens, you'll make the news like a lot. Retroactively? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it will lead to more news appearances. Like if you just make the news once, but your point is made, then I think that that will that will be that. I see. But if what might happen happens, I think you're going to make the news like once a month. So you're saying uh, in this scenario, I should drop the, my form of an atomic bomb before the war starts to right. make sure there is no war. Right. Okay. Make them think that if we do this, this is what we're going to have to deal with. <laughs> Over and over and over. Our lives again. will never be peaceful right. again. It, it, yeah. the, uh, well, not, it won't be. 
not doing it will be the better alternative for everybody because of this guy. You will have won. Or it be in jail. Well, that might be the same thing. I mean, you might have to. You got to be willing to sacrifice. Yeah, you got. You might have to take a little time. You know, you might. You might have uh, have Whitney ready with the bail. And by the way, you don't have two kids yet. You only have one. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We've got one and a half. So yeah. you actually are kind of on a time clock anyway. So you might as well get this out of it's your system. It's now or never. Yeah. Can't do this after December. Yeah. I don't know how well we can describe this, but but I'll just say it. You want to, you want Our to neighborhood down? is considering entering into an HOA, and I'm considering entering into war with them. So I am so happy that my neighborhood does not have an HOA. I, I mean, why I'm does so anyone happy. want one? I don't. I don't know. I don't because here's the reason, uh, Austin. Because people want control over other people's lives. They're thirsting for it. You know, like it, they they want to when they see how long your lawn is. You know, they want to apply their standard to lawn length, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, because we moved away from an HOA, uh-huh. and then we could get back to sports before we have the not sports report. We moved away from an HOA, and the number one reason I was okay moving was the HOA. And it was a pretty, like, low-level HOA. There was not, there wasn't the, the grass length, there was the crazy stuff. Like it was, that. yeah. It was, don't paint your house fluorescent yellow, and, and, and you'll be cool, we'll be fine. But I, I hate the idea of paying an organization an extra fee that does nothing every month except go around and care in each other's neighbors and say, aha, your, your sprinklers were on six minutes too long today. Hmm. That'll be another $93. So I would probably, if, this, if we enter into an HOA, I'm probably putting up a 12-foot fence around my property, maybe 15 and 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 putting hatches on the windows, and I'm never talking to another neighbor You're again. You're gonna be that family. Fine, but you can't. If you can't see what I'm doing, I can't get fined for it. All right, all right. And fair if enough. you look through the, but can't you, they prevent you from putting all that stuff in? Isn't that like what they're there to do? Once it's ratified. Oh, I've oh, so got, you're going early. I've got next week off to do this very oh, thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna build that fence all week. Barbed wire. Oh, barbed wire, uh, turrets. They won't be armed, but I will have turrets. Wow. Okay. Like you a moat. through. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't blame you. I, I certainly HOAs. wouldn't. Maybe some people out there enjoy the old HOA, but I don't think I would react well to it. And I know that you wouldn't react well That's to right. it. That's right. Yeah. So I think, so here's the deal. There's, there's some ratification vote, and Austin is deciding whether or not to go, and he needs to go. And I'm not going. No, you need to go. And I can't go. I've made other prior commitments. Threats need to be made. I did tell a neighbor though, if it gets, if it passes, and they ask for me- board members, you put my name on that paper because you're going to be that. Guy. I'll Ron Swanson every meeting. But I think if you if you showed up to the meeting with like a Louisville Slugger with a nail through it, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> this is my lucky bat. This is my. <laughs> A, a pillowcase full of doorknobs. You have a support animal. I have a support bat with nails in yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. All right. Hey, a, well, <laughs> a pillowcase full of doorknobs. Just swinging that as I walk in. Oh, man. A sock full of pennies. Hey, if you guys do this and form an HOA, good luck managing my pillowcase full of door <laughs> handles. So I'm swinging it around my head. Yeah. 
I wouldn't want to be the first one of you that leaves one of those notes on my door <laughs> telling me to do something. I'm going to buy a big, mean dog just for this such of occasion. Just so you know, if you pass this and you have to send me a note, you better get a lot braver. You have to show how brave you are to come up on my porch and say, your porch light is the wrong fluorescent bulb. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think you need to be at that meeting. Ah, oh, man. I don't think it's good for my health. Wear an eye patch, because I don't know why, but that, that makes you seem more sinister. No one ever argues with a man with wearing a guy an eye patch? With a Louisville slugger with a nail through it and an eye patch. You listen to that guy. Maybe borrow a Hell's Angels jacket from somebody. You're yeah. right. I don't know. Okay, I'll think about it. I, I'll I'll think about going. I don't know that I can handle myself. Wear just uh, you know, like <laughs> just something made out of plastic. You know, like a like like wear a garbage bag. And when they ask you, you like say, Patrick like, Bateman like, in American Psycho, they say, "Why are you why are you wearing plastic? What's <laughs> what's up with the garbage bag?" And your answer needs to be, "Well, the blood." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be doing some <clears throat> painting. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Guess who's not getting voted as a board member? <laughs> you need to show up with a handcuff key. Be like, I just want to be ready when they get here. <laughs> Seventeen bike chains to put around the doors. Yeah. Okay, Andy Larson just joined us. Uh, let's make this a probably regrets it. A productive segment. Our friend from the Salt Lake Tribune, Justin Zanuck, will be on with us at the top of the five o'clock hour. I thought he had laid it out really well why the Derek Favors trade was uh, was a smart one, and I know people are conflicted about it because Derek is extremely popular. I'm sure Derek himself is conflicted, but by doing making that move with Oklahoma City, they're going to save forty million dollars. And I know uh, you know fans aren't that eager to save their owners money, but it's the smart thing to do. And if you want that first rounder in 2024, it'll cost you less to buy back in uh, than 40 million bucks. So, I mean, if you want to look at it that way, but truth is the backup big does not need to be paid that much money. I mean, if you're talking about roster construction and, and ways that you can save money, that's it. And, and Andy, you know, go to his Twitter account, uh, but laid out a, a handful of backup bigs that the Jazz could possibly go out and get. You know, I love me some Boban, but there were some other names on that list that might be intriguing and will cost you much, much less. Remind me, did he bring up the name Rashawn Holmes? Uh, I didn't hear Rashawn Holmes. He brought up guys like Zach Collins, Robin Lopez, Boban. Yeah, yeah. Rashawn's on that list, but I wonder if he'll get starter-type money from someone, you know? But if not, I think he'd be a great backup center so, at the right amount of money. And and maybe maybe Doak took a giant step, and you've already got that guy on the roster. Um, they're going to have to make that decision or make that judgment probably at summer league and as they go through camp. But you know that that was the the smart contract to move. And Mike Conley, you know, again, cold hard truth. Mike Conley is a lot more important to this roster and their success last year than Derek Favors was. Even though Derek Favors played a good role and played well for the team, I'm not trying to, to downgrade him. But you got to make some priorities, and it's obviously or it's obvious the Jazz are going to be extraordinarily aggressive. Uh, retaining Mike Conley and are moving stuff around to make sure it's not going to sink the ship as a result. Those that were worried that it would have, that it was possibly going to be Joe Ingles, there had been some scuttlebutt and mentions and, and projections and thoughts that that could have been. Do you think that the Jazz are done moving their players? No, 
I mean, maybe it, it might turn out that they are done, but I think they're, they've got— You could got, still see someone move again? I think they've got options out there on the table, sure. I honestly don't think there's an untouchable player on the roster. Some Not mo- one? Some more touchable than others. But, I mean, just ask yourself for a second. I mean, if Damian Lillard somehow became available— I'm not trading Donovan Donovan for Damian. But you'd think about it. You'd have to think about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You never say never. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't think that there's an untradable asset on the roster. I really don't. Someone in marketing is yelling at their radio. Yes, there is. <laughs> well, there are untradables. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Yeah. But But you're not saying it not not going to happen. Exactly. I mean, the phone rings and the the right move is out there, then, you know, uh, for example, the Raptors flipped DeMar DeRozan, their franchise player, for Kawhi Leonard. And they won it all. Right. And they were right there, not quite to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? The year before, I think it was second round, and they lost to LeBron, and they said, you know what? Drastic times call for drastic measures. And they flipped the franchise player for a, a chance at one of the best players in the league for one year. And it turns out it paid off for them, and good for them. But, I mean, that is a lot of risk right there. And yet they've somehow remained pretty, pretty tough. They took a step back last year. Last well, year. they're going to take a step yeah, back, yeah. but they weren't terrible. No, it wasn't all that pretty. Pascal Siakam's really good. He is really good. Now they're going to have to rebuild around him. Yeah. But, I mean, don't say anybody's untouchable. Can we be traded? Uh, in a heartbeat. No, no, we can't. It's against the rules. I see. Uh, Not Sports Sport <laughs> coming up next. Justin Zanuck at 5. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the zone and the Zone Sports Network. She was the purest beauty, but not the common kind. She had a way about her and made you feel alive. And for a moment, we made the world stand still. Yeah, we Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Justin Zanuck, Jazz General Manager, is going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for that. But first, it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. All right, today's Not Sports Report is about President Biden, but it is not political. Austin and I have more of a sociological, I guess, question to throw out there about this. Societal. Societal. That's what I'm looking for. All right. So so President Biden was sitting down uh, getting ready for a virtual event being live streamed from the White House. All right. And it was uh, this morning, actually, the meeting uh, to discuss wildfires with a group of governors from Western states uh, was underway. And President Vice President Kamala Harris was speaking when an aide slipped President Biden a note. And this is all caught on camera, by the way. Uh, The note said, there's something on your chin. Now, really close up 
screen caps or whatever, you can you can obviously read it. After uh, Coach or Coach, after President <laughs> Biden gets the note, you can see him wipe the thing from his chin. No. And then eats it. No. <laughs> then, Not eat it. He then eats it. Is now, it doctored? Is no, it, is it, no. It's oh. it's a thing. He, he, now here it, it was in the Come morning, on. and I guess it was kind of yellow. You can oh, see it. Oh, yellow! So they're saying it was probably egg yolk <laughs> left over from his breakfast. Oh, that is so gross. This was on live TV. No, it was it was like a a broadcast meeting, like the the Western governor, like Governor Cox was probably on here because it was about wildfires. But someone then sent this out. But somebody, yes, somebody, somebody sent this out. It must have been a hell of an omelet to eat that off your chin. So, oh, that's so gross. So what? What? All right, you have something in your teeth. Is that different? Like if you you pick the spinach out of your teeth, can oh, you swallow it? No. Is on your chin. Are you picking different? it with your? Are you picking it with your fingers? Yeah. Or are you getting it out with your tongue discreetly? Does it matter? It doesn't. It matter. Does it matters not to me because I'm not eating anything that I find that didn't make it down the goal at the first try. It, it's going out no matter what. It's yeah. But if you're one of those people that thinks, oh, if I find a little gristle left from my steak, if I pick it with my tongue and you don't know what's wrong with me swallowing it, if I don't know about it, we're cool. Okay, now you're you're a beard wearer. I am. I keep it what, real tight. You do keep it tight. Now, if if you've got a bit of more bush to the beard, right, and and a, a yeah. little bit of a little bit of the the, oh. chick, the chicken salad from lunch. No, don't gets, do this. It gets caught up there. This is so gross. This is What's so gross. What's the rule? What's the rule? I mean, you he, cut your beard off and start over. That's you, the rule. You know, a little egg yolk dripped off the over easy. <laughs> you know, it's. Why didn't he not? Why? So the guy, he gets a piece of paper with a, the, the note the written note. on. The note says there's something on he your chin. He could have very discreetly folded that up inside that paper and put it in his pocket. Yeah, he could have wiped the yolk. Instead, and, he went, whew, I'm a little hungry still. I mean, he is the president who has to have access to the finest dry cleaners in the world. He could have just wiped it on his pants. Oh, well, you know what? To that point, he's the president who let him on the camera wearing yolk on his face. This is a great point. This, That's someone mad. That this this yeah. seems like you need to fire your chief of staff. <laughs> the previous administration. Oh, that, you're that you're, the, crossing the, line, you're huh? the president. They can't let you go out there with egg yolk on your face. Oh, but if Come they on. do, if they do, you can't then eat it. But but this is these are the governors. You know, you 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 need to command some respect. They can't let you go in there on camera with egg yolk on your face. But but yeah, I, I'm with you. The the eating it part was was a little oh, off putting. So it was a little off putting. But what's the? Oh no, I watched the video. I mean, because with my with my four year old, oh, with my four year old, honestly, you know, something drops on the ground. I'm like, well, it was you know, ten seconds. Wipe it off. Here you go, eat it. Right. Ten seconds. I I, I taught my uh, I taught Come my on. I taught my four year old how to properly eat Cheetos. The, the licking of the fingers after the, the Cheeto. That's uh, how you properly eat Cheetos? Yeah, you eat the you eat the bag or however many you want, and then you go back for the cheese on the finger. Don't you do that. You did not. Yeah, you that's do how that. you, you eat You wash Cheetos. your hands off. That's how you eat Cheetos. And you get a toothpick, and you go in a very dark room in a, lo- a room alone, and, and you pick it, out with, pick it off your teeth with the toothpick, and you spit it in the garbage. No. Away you- from society, and you don't talk about it. You don't tell people. You're crazy.
You got to get that Cheeto that residue. Is so disgusting. Every little bit is is so delicious. That is so. That is gross. This is where yesterday's not sports report about how you use your left hand for certain things. Yeah. Don't be eating your Cheetos well, with your left well, hand. I wash my hands before I eat my Cheetos? Come no, on. you don't. Sure I do. A Cheeto eater is not a hygienic well, person. I only eat Cheetos really at lunch, and I <laughs> certainly wash my hands before lunch. Oh, that's... So So you're not down with the get the I, egg yolk off the chin and I go ahead I can't think of a food that I think I'm down with eating the refuse that didn't make it the first time. Okay, it is a Cheeto alone. If it falls on the table, if I'm at a restaurant, Jake, and I drop, uh, uh, you know, some of my hash browns and it hits the table, it's, it's staying over. there. It's over for that. I'm not brown? touching it. I'm not picking it up. They pay people to come and clean that up. I might scoop it with my napkin, but there's not a prayer that I'm eating that off of a dirty table. But it's his own chin. But you're on television, and it's an egg. Now I got to tell you the the eating it gross. the eating it part is a little off. And he hesitates and looks at it like he does look at it. Can I get away with this? <laughs> he does. He does look down at his hand like I'm gonna eat that. There's a it's something like this is the reason to this day I cannot eat sloppy joes. I was at Cub Scout camp. There's just the day camp, and they served sloppy joes. And the kid across the cafeteria table from me had some sloppy joe falling everywhere, and he was just he took his bun. And he soaked it up off the table. <laughs> he had a booger hanging out of his nose. It was an aw- I can't have Sloppy Joe's. And now, now I probably will never eat egg again. Think of, think of someone other than yourself, Mr. President. You're on a camera. Don't be eating discarded egg off of your chin. He I'm, does so, he, I'm so upset. He looks right at it. It's probably cold. <laughs> He looks right at it. He's like, <laughs> then he just pops it in like a tic tac. So all right. So I, I just wanted to see what the etiquette is like here. You're, you're saying the etiquette is you burn the house down and start from scratch. You're you're saying if it doesn't go down on the first attempt, it's over. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. No just, rebounds. No <laughs> rebounds. It's 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 air balls and swishes. That's it. Coming up next, Justin Zanuck joins the show. General manager of the Utah Jazz. We will not ask him about this topic. We'll, Chicken. Yeah, we'll ask him about other things. No, I'm not asking <laughs> the Jazz general manager if So, uh, Justin, if you if you had and a little limited time with us. <laughs> you had a little egg yolk on your chin, but we're on, you know, a Zoom press conference. No, we're not going to ask him about that. Stay tuned more next 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Come on. Now, let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. I think the Pac-12 needs to look at this as a golden opportunity to really not necessarily reinvent itself, but to come in with a position of power and say, look, we're going to make this thing bigger. We're going to make this thing better. We're going to reach into the Midwest and we're going to expand. I firmly believe that the Pac-12 needs to position itself and be proactive in terms of we're going to get bigger. We're going to get stronger and we are going to eliminate the Big 12. Add four teams out of the Big 12 right now. Look, everybody is out for their financial best interest. Forget about rivalries. Forget about loyalty. Let's all out the window. Everybody is out for themselves. Everybody's in survival mode. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.